The Wiz from 1978, directed by Sidney Lumet. Why did you choose this film? Ooh, um, how much time do you have? <laughs> Welcome back to Open Form. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. It's one of the most famous stories in American cinema. Only this time, Dorothy is an elementary school teacher from Harlem. The slippers are silver. The wizard is a bumbling wannabe politician from New Jersey. And the scarecrow is Michael Jackson. But the main objective remains the same. Dorothy and Toto must find their way out of Oz, a land full of magical creatures and musical wonder, and back home. This week's film is The Wiz, and it was chosen by Zakia Dalila Harris, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Other Black Girl. Well, okay, first of all, I this was one of the movies that came to the top of my mind because it is such a Black movie, and I specifically love talking about Black movies with other Black people, and so I immediately looked at all the interviews you've done and, like, made sure no one had said <laughs> the whiz, and I was like, yes, um, because I just have so much to say about it. Um, I saw it at such a young age, and my relationship with it is really really changed over the last few years. Even just when I rewatched it for this conversation, I got a whole other just mm -hmm. feeling and vibe from it and, and thought about it differently. And so, so those are some of the reasons. Had you seen it before? Oh, come on. <laughs> I just, just want to make sure. I don't want to assume. I don't want to assume. So that's, that's the other reason why I picked it was because I'm pretty sure every Black person has seen the Wiz. But I didn't want to make an assumption first. <laughs> no, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. You won't make any assumptions, but come on now. <laughs> No, I was getting ready to say to you, I was like, when I was talking with um, Nate Marshall about Five Heartbeats, oh. I asked him, I was like, is there, a, is there a time you can remember having not seen this movie? And I yeah. feel that way about The Wiz. I'm like, I don't know a moment in my life where I'm not, where I, like, The Wiz was not part of my life, right? Yeah. Like, it's so, so integral to the, like, Black American experience, I think that it's- Absolutely. <laughs> and the funny thing too is like, so I grew up in mostly white neighborhood, went to a mostly white school. Most mm -hmm. of my friends were white, but at home I had all the black things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like the whiz was one of those things. And I just remember talking about it with other people and like white people. And it did not clearly mean the same thing to them. They'd never heard of it. No. Um, it's like the first, one of the first movies I show if my partner's has not seen it um and I, <laughs> I show it to them and my husband's a white man and I showed it to him when we first started dating just to like this is the tone yes. this is what you're oh, getting yeah. um so yeah it's just it's it's really like a language in itself I think yeah I, I that's it's such a good way to put it it's it's a language unto itself and I think the meaning that you have when I'm like watching and seeing on screen Diana Ross and Michael Jackson and Richard Pryor and Nipsey Hus Nipsey Russell and Lena Horne all the like all at the same time right mm -hmm. like all at the same time like the magic of that and think like Quincy Jones is in there he's doing he's mm -hmm. doing music and all of that 
Ashford and Simpson are writing, Luther, like, like it's just that that sort of capsule feeling of being like, yes. what does it mean at the the tail end of the seventies, mm-hmm. after black exploitation is sort of run its course, before Michael's like michael i know before luther sort of emerges on the scene after quincy's done his thing and lena horn and like at, at you know at richard Pryor, like uh i love richard Pryor, but also watching him it's like both heartbreaking and kind of funny because it's like richard richard Pryor is high as a kite <laughs> yes he is he is. <laughs> he is yes quintessential richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah and then this rewatch told me i forgot that um mabel from what's happening the mom from what's mm, happening yeah was the evil witch and i was like wait how have i missed it and it's because her everything All her makeup the, is the like aesthetics and makeup and yeah but it really is like a lot of really talented black people put their foot in this in this movie and like i think the other thing that amazes me like you're naming of course all these amazing people in it and who are you know had something to do with it but it was a flop, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is Complete wild. Didn't, it, it lost money. It lost so much money. It lost money. It was the most expensive musical to date at the time. Yes. Right? Like, yes. Like, and for me, I'm thinking of that and just being like, wow. Yeah. They put all of that money behind all of, like, all of this blackness on screen. Like, there's not a lot of blackness behind, you know, it's right. by Celine right. Lillet, written by Joel Schumacher, right? Like, mm-hmm. But to put all of that, all of those resources behind this and just be like, no, we really do. We are, we're putting our eggs in this basket and believing that audiences yeah. will show up for this blackity black musical. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, but right. And like the reasons why, I mean, again, I was, I was doing a little more research on this movie too for this conversation and like the idea okay so let me also give you another reason why I picked this movie and one of those reasons is because of the music Mm, when I was a kid I was so into the music I was pretty disturbed by this movie (laughs) to be honest (laughs) with you like the Wizard of Oz like the original one scared Mm. me as a kid yes same um even though I like now I love horror but like that and then some scenes from this movie really freaked me out Mm -hmm. but I remember getting the soundtrack the Broadway soundtrack from the library as a kid Mm -hmm. and just it was so 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 good um and Stephanie Mills who played Mm -hmm. Dorothy in the the show was just so amazing and so when I was researching this and saw or was reminded that Diana Ross like basically was like I want to play her (laughs) and like um and the fact that Quincy Jones right was like no at first and then another call was made and like someone else just like was like I'll put up a bunch of money this is like my very much like (laughs) summarizing but like money talks and Diana's walked and eased on down the road and it's like (laughs) of course seeing her and Michael together is so cool too because like she of course brought him into the world like announced Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 like when he was a kid and everything and seeing them together is is really fun but it's I can't help but like when I listen to her vocals I'm like this isn't Stephanie Mills it's so different it's just such a different um vibe that works but I don't know I don't know how do you feel about it no I think like I'm I'm 
gushing about the the sort of capsule nature of it and capturing all of those like amazing talented artists that have been so meaningful to uh black culture american culture writ large right and like having that having that happen in this moment but you watch and like yes diana ross is diana ross but she's not right for this role right yeah. like and i don't think it's the age so much no. like yeah. or it's something that comes with age but it's not the age itself it's not mm-hmm. like oh you look old right it's that she just like you can tell diana's lived right <laughs> like, that's exactly what i was gonna say there's no ingenue like quality to Diana Ross at this point. And yeah. so it's just like that innocence that Dorothy is supposed to have, Diana's yes. not really able to capture. She looks like she's been beneath, below 125th Street. And that's like, that was another thing I got out of this film that I've never really thought about before was just like how much of the theme, even though she has a whole song about home like the it wasn't that clear to me before that like so much of this story and the whiz is like being stuck like needing to travel go see the world Mm -hmm. get out of your bubble um and of course like that's dorothy's um position in the story but then like the scarecrow he's like literally stuck on the on the Mm -hmm. post with the crows that are so fun i love that song so much (laughs) i think it's my favorite song you can't win and then we have the lion who's like stuck in the i think it was like the new york public library right Mm -hmm. and then there's like of course the tin man who's like greased needs to get greased and like this idea of just like what it means to be moving and to be free Mm -hmm. and like getting that experience seeing the world meeting other people like Diana's clearly done all of this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're right. You're right. right, right. Oh, man. And you bring up You Can't Win. I, I I do. I also love that song. But like in rewatching for the purposes of our conversation, it it's for the first time it sort of hits me. The Scarecrow is singing this, like <laughs> singing this jam about yeah. his own oppression. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do though <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly we exactly. do that yeah oh man I like I, I have a lot of complicated feelings about Michael Jackson now but like sure. the Michael Jackson in this movie and just like this is to me like in his prime like the year before off the wall and just yeah. like seeing him seeing him just brings me so much joy <laughs> yeah so much joy in this movie it's it's that moment before he becomes michael jackson as we know loved and also you know reviled and all of those different Mm -hmm. things that that he became yeah but it's like in that moment you see the purity of that childlike wonder and like his just like he's got the the thing down where it's like and it, and you know we're talking yeah. about like a 19 year old michael and they had been superstars yeah. for years but he still has that thing that you're looking for where it's just like he feels innocent he feels yes. just like pure and in a way that like that the scarecrow character who's looking for his brain, but like is so smart and right, like the 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 lack of self awareness, right? Like 
all of those things. Michael's really good at capturing that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so pure, pure. Oh, yeah. That's so, that's such a good way to look at it. And like, I, it makes me wonder too. I mean, obviously his music career just continued to take off, but like, mm. he was so good. He was so good at acting. I mean, yeah, it's flat again, complicated feelings. And like the fortunes that like the, or the, right, he's like pulling out the pieces of paper and like the Confucius and the quotes and just yeah. like, it's such a smart, and I, I have to say, I haven't seen the Broadway show. So mm-hmm. like my idea of like, I, I'm not sure exactly if that was just the movie or if that was also in the play, but just like the ways in which like the story is really updated and feels mm-hmm. so like New York and like there's there's trash, there's like the subway, there is like this urban feel to it that just feels still very um, modern to me. Like still yeah. feels very today. Yeah, the, the yellow brick road is a bridge, right? Like it's, right. Not, like, <laughs> it's not just like wherever. Like, like when we're thinking about the original Wizard of Oz and like, you know, Kansas, right? Like the idea right. of it being an alternate version of that. Like this is like, what do, what do you have in New York City? So you got bridges. Like where's the, mm-hmm. where's the bridge taking you is the question. And like, yes. yeah, that, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so metaphorical. yeah i think that i i I think for me in watching it like the the focus which was apparently uh controversial for uh during filmmaking from joel schumacher's script he was being influenced by a bunch of uh as there was a movement uh that's like drawn on eastern philosophy but like not really but Mm. like the idea that we explore with uh, Lion and Scarecrow and Tin Man is that you you already are who you are, right? Mm, and that like yes. you you are, it's just a matter of recognizing it in yourself and tapping into it. And I get like that could be controversial, right? Like in terms of thinking of uh, you know uh, a a social context of like how do we become who we are and how right. do we learn who 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 we become and all of that and but who's i think telling us you know where is does that even come from is that coming mm-hmm. from us or is that coming from like social society telling us what we believe we are yeah <laughs> no absolutely like if there's a sense like if there's something that's being reinforced to you all the time mm-hmm. and that you then buy into and you're like oh but this is who i am like uh, you know uh, uh, an example of this like to be personal for a second is like i was told i was shy as a kid right mm-hmm. i didn't think of myself as shy but like later i'd be like oh yeah i'm pretty shy and like but that came from outside of me like that right. was not a self-definition yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, even thinking about Dorothy again and how she, we have that amazing moment in the beginning of the movie where oh, the the feeling we once had and they're at the Black family gathering mm-hmm. and like, I always feel so bad for Dorothy in that moment. <laughs> it's like, just like, God, just go out and live. And like, <laughs> it's like, just leave me alone. I just want, I just want, I just want to be shy by myself. But then you're right. Once she gets out there and she's like forced to, you know, through that poppy prostitute crew and like, <laughs> she has to figure it out. And, and I definitely, I was one of those people too, who was called shy or at least 
my family considered me shy. And I think I was, I definitely was. And I remember the moment, I mean, I'm still an introvert. I'd say yeah. an extroverted introvert. Same. But I remember that moment when, as a young person, I moved from just people asking me questions, you know, like when you go see your family you haven't seen mm -hmm. in a while, and they're like, how are you? That it? Like asking other questions. And I remember when I started asking questions back, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that took me a little bit of time. But again, like, you have to be curious. And, and, and I think that this movie, bringing it back to the whiz, I just feel like there's so much to be curious about and so yeah. much to get from it every time you watch it again absolutely I, I did i felt for dorothy in that opening scene and then throughout the movie in part because the way that they set it up is her mother tell like her mother is like you should get this new job you should teach high school and like mm -hmm. you should move out and venture out below 125th street and these are not these are all fine things to encourage your child to do i'm not like, but, <laughs> but i'm also just like they make Dorothy seem like like seem tragic in a way, and it's like yeah. this is a twenty four year old woman who just <laughs> like, wants to <laughs> like oh because she's twenty four and she's living at home and she's right. unmarried un like without children. I feel mm -hmm. like there's there's a sort of yeah. sense of like oh you're a tragic figure that we've got to push and like encourage to be in the world. That's so true. That's so true. I haven't thought of it that way. And even like, there's like that couple that's like making out at the party. Like, yeah. <laughs> where I was first like, wait, is this a family party? Aren't you guys cousins? <laughs> but okay, different different genre of movie. But like the couple's making out and then they get like pulled into, you know, they're having dinner. Like, come on guys, stop like fooling around in the living or in the living room or whatever. But like, everyone's like, whoa, yeah, like you guys are doing great. And it's like this yeah. idea of coupling too, where it's like, it still seems to be lauded in this way where he is single and, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'll have to watch it again with that, <laughs> that idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then I mean, even the witch, like the way that the witch, I mean, she's just misunderstood, you know? <laughs> oh my God, I was real. I've been wanting to get to that point because like, look, I'm not, look, let's not make excuses for her behavior in like torturing <laughs> everyone there. And like, clearly there's something to it. It's like <laughs> everyone's yeah. celebrating. It's like yes. a brand new day after she's killed. But her beef with Dorothy, <laughs> she's just trying to get her dead sister's shoes back. It's yeah. She's trying to get her dad's sister's shoes back. What's yeah. wrong with that? No, you know, and her her song and nobody bring me no bad news. Like bring, bring me no bad I news. I get it. I get it. Isn't that how we all feel? <laughs> nobody <laughs> bring now. me no bad news. <laughs> and like that line. Oh, not to get into the music, but like Please. so much of like this movie is in great like ingrained in the way that I see the world of like that like the scene when then she's like toppled and the brand new day song mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many times like that scene comes into my mind when I'm happy like I, I reference it's like this weird yes. kind of I don't even I don't even know I don't even speak the reference out loud half the time but I just like feel that moment yeah and it's just so much I mean I don't know. What's your favorite song in this movie? Oh God, you yeah, make me. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, or, or, you know, I, what's one that resonates? You know, I'll say the one that like comes to mind most often, and I can't say why. Especially this, uh, but 
the one that I'll find myself singing and get stuck in my head is ease on down the road. Yeah. I just that like, and I think there is something sort of to the lightness of it mm-hmm. and just the, and the desire to be trout, like ease on down, ease on down the road. Don't you yeah. carry nothing that might be a load. And it's just being, it's being like, okay, all of this stress, like, like I'm yes. going to drop that and I'm yeah. going to be, keep moving forward. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not religious, but it's definitely, it's, it's a spiritual. Yeah. It is a, it is a spiritual. Absolutely. And that like, even just the word ease, Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other songs that have the word ease or like how often do you use the word ease I, so I need yeah. it just poetically yeah is satisfying to me too and I didn't even think of it the way that you just put it it is a spiritual and then you think of the music in this film and like mm-hmm. how it's it's like the soul funk like disco and then yes. Broadway elements, but like thinking of that, the the other part of that is like a spiritual, just all of these forms of very black music just yes. coming together in this melding, and like it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's so good, it's so good, and like it's it really like as an as an uh, a creator, and I, I wonder how you feel about this too, but like creator creative you know what I mean as someone who creates things and (laughs) considers himself an artist I find it so inspiring that this movie flopped and now it's such a fundamental Mm -hmm. piece of like Mm -hmm. black culture and like yeah yeah. I I think I just think that shows so much about how you you just never know like sometimes people just aren't ready for what you're doing yeah (laughs) No, absolutely. You never know. And I think thinking about this film as a both critical and commercial flop, right? Like as a failure on both mm-hmm. fronts, I, I raises a lot of things for me. As someone who does criticism, like yeah, that sometimes you're going to miss what resonates, like mm-hmm. outside of what your your own sense of like what you think of as good right like what is quality what what does that mean to you in terms of like how you've consumed culture before what history has taught you like what your own taste leads you toward Mm -hmm. I think that thinking about the fact that like and there there's also just being like I what I I don't know the numbers but I'm just guessing that most of those critics were not black right right (laughs) right right. or the ones who were were adhering to this standard of what a musical before Mm -hmm. 1978 had to be had to be exactly and so to think to think past your own sort of critical lens to what will resonate with people but then thinking of it as a commercial failure that's I mean you, there's so many questions about like why does that happen yeah. and like what is what is the responsibility of the studio for making sure that people get it like know that the film exists and are able yeah. to get the seat, the, those butts in the seat but yeah. that it, do, it did resonate or just like like one the music resonates right like it is something that I think black people just just latched on to because it, it like the music moves mm-hmm. it is not it, it, like you can play those right alongside any other classic yes. right yes. um 
but then also thinking about like what what does it mean and I'm, I keep coming back to this but what does it mean to have that many like prominent talented legends on screen together like how do you yeah. pull that off and I think that that's part of what like keeps keeps people coming back to is just like yo really you're gonna nice. see Michael and Diana and like you know yeah no absolutely and and I know I was like you know talking about Diana but I do wonder too like would this movie have even gotten would we be having this conversation if it hadn't been Diana if it had been Stephanie Mills maybe it would have been more of a success in other ways right like sure. reviewing and things like that but maybe it wouldn't have I don't know who knows what it would have been who knows how much um time it would have gotten you know in theaters who knows yeah. and and so that's you're so right like all of that matters the the resources that are going into it it's 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 amazing and I think about that too it's it's funny I've been thinking a lot about um well I think about black movies all the time but mm. especially like Superfly and mm. like Shaft and these these movies that had had musicians where musicians and and filmmakers were really like mm -hmm. just like it was synergy right yeah. and like well like I mean the Black Panther soundtrack was amazing um but just like I hope we have more works like this like yeah. the Wiz or like things like that where it's like yeah. there's this vision and people who you wouldn't necessarily group together are all working on this project like I yeah I just think that's such a magical thing no I love that like I would love to see the return of that like super fly shaft model of like film and soundtrack where mm -hmm. it's like one artist is charged with like providing that music. Like I yeah. think that is a beautiful idea, but it, and, you know, in this film, it's not one artist per se, right. like Quincy Jones is sort of orchestrating everything, but mm -hmm. like, you've got people, you got a bunch of people doing, doing the work, but it is exactly what you say that synergy between those two because they they're they're married together in this yeah. way that like enhances the experience of viewing it i mean yes mm -hmm. it's a musical so obviously the music <laughs> is front and center but it is to say that like if you think of those things in tandem and you think of the art feeding one another i, I love that <laughs> yeah yeah me too me too it gives me chills <laughs> Uh, Zakia, what's one lasting image that sticks with you from The Wiz? Okay, so I have a few. I hope that's okay. Oh, no, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> um, the one, before I watched this movie, the one I was going to say was just Lena Horne, like mm. sparkly and just like in the sky and then like the babies. <laughs> yeah, <surrounded>. yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's like, did Richard Pryor have a hand in like directing this as well? Um, so that moment of her just like looking radiant and just being like, ah, just like having her moment at the camera. Um, but then watching it again, I was, I, uh, I, I was a little triggered again to see like the Winkies who are, for people who haven't seen The Wiz, like the Munchkins, mm -hmm. um, like peeling off of the wall. <laughs> It's so creepy and so weird and wonderful. And then another even creepier moment that I remembered that also brought me terror was the subway scene 
when like mm, Diana Ross is being God. smothered by the columns. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I have like a really beautiful image and then like the two really sick, <laughs> kind of like unsettling, like very like, New York nightmares. Trippy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Intended to be uh quick uh fire questions, but no one ever answers them very quickly. Okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> what is your all-time favorite film? Okay, this is really hard, but my I would say the movie that I come back to often and never get tired of watching is The Witches, hmm. <laughs> the movie based on the Roald Dahl book, the okay. original one, okay. not the new one. Okay. <laughs> um, also, again, I've been talking a lot about how scary I found a lot of these images but I also really loved it like that's mm. I grew up like watching the Twilight Zone and with my mm. dad and my older sister and like loved being scared and the witches to me was just like the perfect blend of the book mm-hmm. um and also just like Angelica Huston is is just so creepy in it and I just I just think it's brilliant and I thought uh I, I can't remember who did was it Spielberg he did some really cool things with uh with the witches and with the boys who turn into mice and mm. i just i quote it often I'm okay. not that person so the witches <laughs> i haven't seen that one so <gasps> oh my god you have it's do you like scary movies i'm not a scary movie person it, it is a kids not... movie i will say well, yeah i can handle that i'm sure so it's yeah it's not it it go it does it's very tasteful spooky but it's Anyway, you heard enough about me. Uh, me no, saying no. This, <laughs> and what is the film that best captures the idea of family for you? Um, I would say Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale as yes. one that captures <laughs> family. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I was interpreting family very loosely, I guess. Yeah. Um but for me like so like I I mentioned earlier I didn't have many black friends as a kid and like I have like my black sisterhood now Mm. but I I just like growing up reading the exhale really represented kind of like black female friendships say what you will about their dynamic yeah but um I just really loved watching those queens on on you know the screen and then the other thing I will say is that um my mom loved at least when I was a kid she loved that movie she had the soundtrack we listened to it all the time so like it it reminds me of my childhood in this way same with the witches too um it's like a comfort zone for me and so Mm -hmm. so yeah I would say that just the way that like they're all there for each other and and in the music it just reminds me of home yeah no, I, I, that makes perfect sense. And also, yeah, my mom didn't buy very many like VHS tapes dating myself here. Yep, yep, her, that's what we For have, herself. Yep. She didn't buy a whole lot for herself, but she definitely had waiting to exhale. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yep, I can see the VHS too in my head. It's like, it's kind of beige mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Zakia, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to Open Forum 
podcast from Lit Hub Radio, produced by Eliza Smith and Justin Alvarez, and hosted by me, Michael Denzel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe to Open Forum wherever you get your podcasts, and or sign up for the Lit Hub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. If you're enjoying what you hear, share Open Forum with a friend or on social media. That's it for Open Forum in 2022, but be sure to delve into our back catalog to listen to episodes featuring Ingrid Rojas Contreras, Ada Limon, Disha Filioff, Ross Gay, Mira Jacob, Min Jin Lee, Melissa Phoebos, Kiesley Lehman, and many more. <laughs>